This episode is supported by Jace Medical. You may or may not know that in December, drug shortages across the U.S. hit a record high. This is causing severe disruptions in medical treatments, resulting in delays, treatment cancellations, and the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. I know that I have heard in the last few months from multiple mom friends of mine, instances where they have not been able to get medications for themselves or for their children in critical crisis moments. This is so, so scary. I know I've had friends with their kids having seasonal flu cold symptoms, struggling to breathe, and they're at urgent care and unable to get the antibiotics that they need because of these shortages. This is scary stuff. Most notably, one of the short supply antibiotics is amoxicillin, which is commonly used for so many of our children's illnesses. So here's where Jace Medical comes in. They have the Jace case, which is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that are used for the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your or your children's family's unique needs, like an EpiPen, for example, something that you would never want to be without, would never want to have to run from pharmacy to pharmacy in pursuit of. So if you want to go get these medications and have your antibiotics on supply so that you always have them when you need them in case of an emergency, in case of a disaster, in case of being a, you know, a victim of this drug shortage, Jace Medical will have you covered. All you need to do is go to jacemedical.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code SHAMELESS at jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com, jacemedical.com, code SHAMELESS. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 725 with Monica Packer. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 725. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Monica Packer is passionate about teaching practical but deep transformation. As a podcaster and coach, she guides women to find sustainable growth by adopting progress over perfection. Monica is a former middle school teacher, a forever Oprah fangirl, a perpetual cookie dough maker, and an ambitious walker. Okay, the last one's kind of a joke, (laughs) but you might recognize Monica because she's been on the show before. You maybe already listened to her show about progress, or maybe you know her from her site aboutprogress.com. Monica does phenomenal work with women and lots and lots of moms, and I was so excited to have her come back to the show. So Monica is a shameless mom of four children, ages four, seven, nine, 11, with a fifth one on the way, I think due like any day now. So she knows a thing or two about shameless momming, for sure. In this episode, listen in to hear Monica share the most important thing for women to know about progress and personal growth, the lie that women fall for over and over again, the uncomfortable truth that growth is supposed to be slow. Oh, I know, like we want to grow really fast, but it's supposed to be slow by design. The magic of time and compassion and how to use compassion to give yourself permission in hard moments and seasons the very specific process she uses to help women work toward any goal, 
how to reconcile that your identity is formed by your behaviors and habits, which that's a tough one sometimes (laughs) because we don't always love our behavior and habits, but there's always room to change them. She also talks about how men miss the mark when talking about women and habits. This is a fun one to dig into. And what successful consistency actually surprisingly looks like for women. It's not what you think. You can actually be successfully consistent in a lot of different ways that are probably a lot less perfect than you think. So I loved this conversation. Oh my goodness. Monica is a really fun and fantastic guest that what I think I love the most is that she allows us to just dig in deep from the jump. So I know you're going to love this conversation. I was also a guest on Monica's show a couple months ago. So you can also go back and look on About Progress. Look up the episode with Monica and I a few months ago. I think you'll love listening to both episodes in a short amount of time together because Monica and I, if I do say so myself, we have pretty great synergy. So please help me in welcoming Monica Packer back to the Shameless Mom Academy. Monica, welcome back to the show. Oh, I'm so excited to have you here. Oh, me too. It really is an honor. I know people say that, but it truly is. I love you and I love your show. Oh my goodness. I feel exactly the same. And it's so fun. So you're coming back for the second time. It feels like a lifetime ago when you were here for the first time, because it was in that world pre-pandemic that was a million years ago. And when you came the first time, we had not yet met in person, I don't think. And So now I feel like my friend is coming back on the show versus like, who's this Monica chick? (laughs) Yeah, that was how it was. I had forgotten. It was the whole pre-pandemic life and my brain is totally addled now. So, so long ago. Yes. So many things have changed. So tell me a little bit about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio, what you're most excited about right now and anything you want to update us on. You were here before talking about perfectionism and motherhood and uh, for women. And I'm curious kind of what's transpired in your life since you were last here. If you want to give us a little recap. Yeah. Happy to, but let's start with personal stuff. I feel like, uh, COVID blew up our lives. (laughs) That's like the nutshell. We (laughs) live in the Bay area for 13 years. And, you know, I got home from altitude summit beginning of March and a week later, I was like, we need to sell our house right now (laughs) because we didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. So we put it, we sold it ourselves in the middle of like the start of everything shutting down where we were, they weren't even allowed to go in your home. It was a miracle. We sold our house. But anyway, the nutshell version is we lived with my parents for a long time, settled into a house. We renovated my kids really, really struggled. So Mm. just like every kid I know really, really struggled, Mm -hmm. but like we had like full on nervous breakdowns during that time. Really, really difficult. So this year, like 2021 has kind of been like a let's heal year. Let's have fun together. Let's actually have traditions again. Let's get back in routines. And it's been really nice. And so as part of that weird healing process, we're expecting a child and it'll be like five-year gap, which will be fun and also a change, but we're excited. And business-wise, yeah, I've just, the podcast and my work, I think carried me through a lot of that. It just Mm. gave me my own outlet, my own place of fulfillment and focus and work. And I've just been chugging along there, part of the course and, and loving what I get to do. Yeah. When's the baby due? January. January. Okay. Yeah. And remind me that remind folks. So well, and not sure. remind them because people, you're, they won't be the same age as when you were last year. So Phyllis, yeah. and what are the ages of your kids at this uh-huh. point? So right now I've got an 11, nine, seven and four-year-old who will. Okay. So this will be number five. Yes. And it will be our caboose. I'm <laughs> one of seven children. My husband wow. is one of five. 
but five okay. still sounds like it probably sounds like a lot of children to your listeners. That sounds like a lot of children to me too. Like I'm very aware. <laughs> this is a lot. Yeah. Like I'm very aware. It's yeah. not seven, but it is a lot. <laughs> yes. And it will feel like a lot, but we're really excited. We've waited a long time. Oh, so yeah. How fun. And oh my goodness, I'm imagining your kids at these ages between four and 11, like the ways that they'll get to participate totally will be incredible. Different. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it'll be a totally different experience for all of us. I'll actually yeah. have kids who can help and totally. It'll, yeah. It'll be wonderful. I hope my mom was one of five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My mom was one of five over the course of 13 years. And she talks about when she was the oldest and when her youngest two were born, especially the second to youngest, she pretended it was her baby. And so she would like take it for walks and places and just pretend like it was her baby and like walk it to the park and be like, this is my baby. <laughs> that's, that's so cute. Plain house. Yeah. <laughs> yes. With a real oh, baby. interesting. Yes. And the relationship that she has now with her sisters is so incredible. And her youngest sister now, so she has this 13 year age gap is the one who is like, stepping up and helping my mom with all these different things. And wow. like, it's so cool how the youngest is now like not parenting, but being so like maternal toward the oldest. It's I really, really that. sweet. So, like yeah, so that, that's what you have to look forward to. Circle of life. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. Yes. 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 Well, that's like always the hope you're like, I hope my kids like each other. <laughs> we'll see. I was literally talking to them about that on our way to school today. So that's very topic. <laughs> So I want to talk about progress. You teach about progress and with years devoted to this work, both personally and professionally, what are some of the biggest truths that you wish every woman knew about personal growth? This is where I could talk to you for literal <laughs> hours. Here hours. we go. <laughs> but I think the most important place to start with women who just really want to change in some capacity, whether it's with their habits or their relationships or even business-wise or parenting, we fall for our lie over and over and over again in saying that mm. we are especially broken. Like something's wrong with me because I'm not able to change at the right. rate I want or as deeply as I want to, as I see other people changing. And that's something I fell for that belief for years because the belief was based on a lie that I also believed about personal growth, that in order to get to where you want to be, you set a goal you find out how, and you do it and you get to where you want to be really grounded in like this hyper militant self-discipline, really ignorant of real life and real happenings and real mm. relationships that can often influence the amount we're able to do today. And also just full on all or nothing approach. Like yeah. it, there's no in between. And of course that's really grounded in my um, history with perfectionism, but I have yet to talk to a woman, regardless of if she labels herself a recovering perfectionist or perfectionist or whatever it is or not, who doesn't also have that background of thinking that you're just supposed to change this way. And so mm. if they want to know where to, like the most important thing I want them to know is that you are not especially broken. Mm -hmm. You are not. The way we've been taught about all these things, that's what's broken. And knowing what progress really looks like is honestly, the foundation to actually making true, deep and sustainable progress. When you know, oh, it's supposed to be messy. It's supposed to be right. slow. It's supposed to Ugh. start small and build small. And yeah. I'm not doing this wrong. I am doing it right. It's not supposed to feel easy all the time. Just even knowing the truth 
will help you as you work through this, instead of blaming yourself and stopping or quitting or going in this all or nothing cycles, it's knowing the truth about what progress really looks like. I think we've all seen this image floating around on Instagram with like the two ladders and like this weird shadow figure at the bottom. And one ladder has like, you know, these uh, steps, I guess you could say that are really far apart Mm -hmm. going up. And the other ladder has steps that are really close together going all the way up. And that's like the third real thing I think I tell them. So first is you're not especially broken Two, know what it actually looks like to grow. And Mm -hmm. third is part of that. How it actually looks is what I call the process. It's small wins building over time that it's having the courage and belief in the process is what helps you actually take those small steps. And if you have that courage and the belief in what it really looks like, you will be able to persevere through all the mess and the disappointments and get to where you want to go, but honestly, farther in letting go of so much of how I was programmed to believe about progress. The last seven years, I have grown exponentially, exponentially. And it's all been built on small, Mm. tiny Mm -hmm. steps. So there's the fire. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. There's like 47 things I want to say about this. Yeah. (laughs) So I want to go back to what you started with about this belief that we're broken. And I think that we carry that, but then we also, I think at the same time, carry this secondary piece that is not only am I broken, but part of the reason I believe I'm broken is because everyone else seems to have it all figured out. So that reinforces like everyone on Instagram or everyone in my office or all the moms at the park, like they seem to know all the secrets and I don't know them. So that's this vicious cycle of like, I'm getting confirmation constantly that like, I don't have anything figured out because look how figured out they have it. And we're not communicating enough to let each other know that like, Oh no, 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 no. Like I put a cute picture on Instagram, but I'm also like, I'm a disaster and figuring it out and scared every day. (laughs) For sure. I'm actually glad you brought this up because that is one of the biggest reasons why women come to me saying like, I just am lazy. I don't have good discipline or, you know, I try and try and I never get to where I want to be. Those people you see who seem like a success, either they follow two tracks. They've done the process of small wins Mm -hmm. building over time. You don't know the amount of years that went behind that person. And I can look at that from a business point of view when I'm like, wow, they exploded overnight. What an overnight success. And then you actually look at their stuff and like, oh, they've actually been online for 10 years mm-hmm, doing this mm-hmm. work. And they have like 10 right. other years of prior experience, but even personally, like someone who's running marathons, you don't, they could be following that process. But the mm-hmm. other flip you know, side of this coin is there are people who do seem to have it all together, or at least have achieved big things and quickly but you don't see the cost they are paying. Right. And I say that as someone who paid some pretty significant costs for Mm -hmm. that appearance of having it together and being really high achieving. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the process is also figuring out what trade-offs am I willing to make along the way? Is the cost your mental health, your relationships, your physical health? There often is a cost. And sometimes the cost is even just after the fact of not having a solid foundation to sustain to sustain that success. So that's a whole other thing. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above is perceived and experienced. So differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts 
who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Hey, are you a parent of a teenager? Are you feeling overwhelmed about how to be what they need while also holding limits and boundaries that keep them safe? Are you tired of conversations that negate how messy this season of parenting is? Well, I've got you. My name is Casey O'Rourke. I am a positive discipline trainer, parent coach, and the host of the Joyful Courage podcast. Every week I come to you with an interview, digging into tough topics with experts I trust and solo shows that go deep into the personal growth and mindset needed to raise teens in a way that grows them into confident, capable young people. I am not afraid of getting real about the intersection of conscious parenting and the teen years, while also bringing in vulnerability, humor, and lightness. I'm walking the path with you and honored to serve. Listen to Joyful Courage on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. Thank you for that. And I'm going to make sure I link to our past interview because I recall when we talked about perfectionism, I recall you talking about those costs for you. And I think that that piece is also really significant that we really identify like what are the costs and it's typically at the cost of our physical and or mental health, which I know was the case in your case. I want to touch on something that you said that I want to push pause on because I think this is the part that no one wants to know. And I kind of gasped a little when you said it because I was like, oh, that's the part that makes me mad, but it's so true. The uncomfortable truth about growth is that it's slow and none of us want it to be slow. So that's another reason I think we always think we're getting it wrong and that we're broken is because when it's slow, there's not a lot of immediate gratification and you're not, unless you're being conscientious about tracking tiny wins along the way, you're not seeing the growth as it's happening. And that can be, it can feel futile and it can be incredibly frustrating and you don't recognize that it's actually happening because it's so slow. And mm-hmm. I love that you point out like, that's how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be slow. And if for a high achiever or an impatient type a person like me, and I think like you, like, that's the worst thing you could tell me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it, and I hate slow. it too. I hate it too. I tell this to my husband, Brad, all the time. I'm like, <laughs> I'm really ready to be an overnight success now. Like in right. one area know, of my life. Today's like, a good day for that. for that. But if I really look back, like this is what I would challenge people to do. Like look back on the biggest, like most important parts of your life, the areas where you have made the most growth or that matter most to you and take an honest look at how you got to that point. And I can bet that for 90% of the women who do that, they'll be able to identify that the key to that was time. It was that way yeah. for me in recovering from eating disorders. It's been that way for me with my business. It's been that way within my marriage and things we've had to work on. It's been that way with working with my special needs kids, like the mm-hmm. kinds where you are literally fighting every day to show up to that child and nothing is helping. It doesn't look like it at all. I have yeah. one child in particular, like during COVID, it was an epic disaster. Like our entire mm-hmm. lives were completely centered around how this child was doing not just day to day, but minute 
by minute. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were, we were doing all the professionals, like we were doing all the things and I was doing intense work with him because we were homeschooling too. You know, like I was Mm -hmm. like, he was my number one focus, no changing and nothing was happening, nothing. And now it's been, you know, two years and Brad and I talk about this all the time. Like, oh my gosh, we have to remember how far he's come. Like he's completely Mm -hmm. different, but at time so hard. But again, if you know that, then you're able to keep climbing that, that ladder with the smaller steps. And I'm so grateful that I had that knowledge because I would have given up. I would Mm -hmm. have been like, we have the wrong therapist or we're doing the wrong medication or I'm doing the wrong behavioral design stuff with him, or, you know, I just would have been in despair, but otherwise it helped me stick to it. Oh my goodness. Thank you for sharing those really personal examples. And I'm so glad that you're in a better, that your child is in a better place so that you can be in a better place. Yeah. I just recorded, I just recorded an episode called the space between and which wow. by the time the interview goes live, that episode will be a few months old. But the spark for me for this was laying in bed at like 4am one morning. And after feeling frustrated around some things, there are like multiple aspects of my life where I was like, oh, there's like, this place is uncertain and this is uncertain. And like, that's just a hard place for me to be. And that's where I do get frustrated with the slowness of growth. And it is where I also look at other people's lives to be like, why do they have it all figured out? Or why does everything just work out for them? Like, those are like the things at 4am that you start thinking. And I had this realization that, oh my gosh, I'm in the space between. And the space between is so uncomfortable and it makes me angry. Like I'm so agitated because I want to know what it looks like on the other side. And I am not recognizing the little tiny bits of growth that are happening when we're in that space between. So when you're in the space between and you're a really powerful example of supporting your child during the pandemic and it's a minute to minute thing. And you're in that space between you're like, I don't know if when it's going to get better. I don't know if it's going to get better, that it's so hard to sit in that and just be there and recognize that it will get better or that not even that it will definitively get better, but it will like shift and that you will be able to adapt with that. So even if it doesn't get better in quotes that like there will be a growth will curve. Get better. Yeah. There's a growth curve where you will have the opportunity to be, to find new skills and ways to cope in that situation. One of the things I know you talk a lot about is compassion. And I would love to shift a little bit into compassion because I think that when we are in those spaces between, and we're going slow on our growth curve as it should be, but while we're feeling impatient, I think compassion is such a huge missing piece. So can you talk about compassion really being the key to your transformation? So we've talked about time being a big key, but compassion is equal in weight to me because before that was totally wholly absent of how I navigated Mm -hmm. personal growth. And this is when I was the overachieving perfectionist for sure. And we all know what that looks like. Just like hyper-focus, really, really diligent, very disciplined, you know, but that isn't really built on a lot of compassion, but it was also true as the underachieving perfectionist, which I also was for like 10 years after my big nosedive that you can listen to the past episode that we did together to hear more about that. And both of them, there was no compassion, both of them, nothing I did was enough. I just believed that I would never get there. And, and it was all me to blame, you know, in my recovery, both from eating disorders, I like, I could do that for myself and the behaviors, but it took a really long time to have compassion in the bigger picture towards myself and just this whole 
big picture of growth that we've been talking about. So when I talk about how seven years I've grown exponentially, one is because of knowing the process, small wins build over time and believing that and believing I need to be patient, right. And putting in the small steps. The second one is actually learning how to be compassionate towards myself. Compassion to me is not excusal. It's not blaming others, but it is like an objective awareness of what literally is happening in your life that impacts your ability to also show up in the ways that maybe you would like to. It's also this space that gives me space between, I like how you talked about that, but like the space between of being allowed to be human. Like I'm allowed mm-hmm. to be human. I'm, I'm allowed to not do this all perfectly. I'm allowed to have a bad day. I'm allowed to have a bad moment. And having that compassion is what helps me navigate the, the mess. It also is what helped me navigate the failures, because if we're going to talk pillars of progress, failure is part of the process too. And instead right. of blaming and, you know, I can take an objective look, I can ground myself in who I know I am, and I can take action to move forward in a different way because I'm allowed. I expect it. I know it's not just me and that I just need to blame myself and die. And actually, I think I want to reference a really cool quote that I just sent to a a client, if you don't mind, because no, this is Carl Rogers. You might know him. Like he's one of like the fathers of like psychology, right? Uh, He says, the curious paradox is that when I accept myself just as I am, then I can change. That's what Mm. compassion is to me. It's acceptance. Love that. Yeah. Acceptance of self, acceptance of limitations and circumstances. Mm -hmm. That's what brought me through those two really rough years. I mentioned with, you know, having to accept, I live in a basement. I have to homeschool my kids. Two of them have special needs that are really intense and I don't have support and a lot of money to pay for it. Mm -hmm. I could accept those limitations. I could also accept that I had to carry it and that I was, I needed space to figure that out. And I needed humanity to be a part of the equation. Like I had to make mistakes as part of it, but accepting all those is what enabled the change to happen. Yeah, absolutely. That makes so much sense. And I know there's moms listening right now who are feeling this relief around that permission. I think one of the best things that we can do for one another is give each other permission. And whether it's in this capacity of coaching, when the capacity that we're talking about right now, where we can sit here as, you know, quote unquote experts and advise folks on how to do things and give permission, or if it's two girlfriends just sitting and talking and giving each other permission for like, it's okay. If you don't have this figured out, it's okay. If you're house is a disaster, or if you're a disaster, or if your kid's a disaster, like all those things are okay. I think that level of permission is easily missed. It can be missed or overlooked, but it can also be non-existent. It can be so off of our radar that when we finally hear a sense of permission, whether it's from an expert or a friend or a colleague or whatever, it's this like wave of relief around like, oh yeah, it's okay to just be human. I don't have to have it all figured out. I don't have to have all the answers. I don't have to know what the next six months looks like or the next six hours. And there can be a lot of relief in that. I think that can be such a gift. That was actually a big turning point for me in two areas of my life. I'll keep this brief. The first was with my eating disorder recovery. When I'm like, why am I not changing? Like I am working hard, so Mm -hmm. hard and I'm only getting worse. Now, mind you, this was like three months in. (laughs) So like now, now like 60, 70 years later, I'm just like- Okay. Come on. You can't fix three months into a hard season feels like three years. I mean, especially when you're 20 years old, Yeah, (laughs) you know? Yes. Yeah. And I like went to my therapist. I'm like, can I change? 
And Mm. he actually said something that I'm sure many people would think that's despairing, you know, but to me, it gave me hope because he said, you will likely carry this with you the rest of your life. Mm. Now I can say, honestly, I don't now I really don't, but giving me that space is what helped me continue forward. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, I don't need to fix this. And the second Mm. time was just issues I was dealing with in my own marriage. And I had a great, a great therapist and she helped me see that I was still a perfectionist, even though I was the underachieving Mm. kind, you know, now, which was so amazing. But what she said, this one line to me that really shifted a lot. And I have the worst memory. And I remember, you know, so much of what (laughs) she said, but this one word for word, it was, why can't Monica Packer be human? Mm. And again, giving that permission to be human is what made all the difference. Mm -hmm. You've mentioned twice, and I want to make sure we define this for people because I think it's fascinating. And I know other people are going to have their curiosity sparked. You mentioned underachieving perfectionists. And I think we talked about this when you were last here, but can you define that for people? Because I know it's going to apply to some people listening. And I know there's people like, wait, what does she mean by that? (laughs) Oh, that's good for me to think about. So an underachieving perfectionist is someone who likely would not label themselves as a perfectionist. They would say, I'm lazy. I'm undisciplined. I'm unmotivated. This is someone who is standing on the sidelines of their own lives. It is also someone who was completely navigating under the weight of perfectionism of the all or nothing model of perfectionism. And also what we do as perfectionists is we misplace our identity on our outcomes. So Mm -hmm. the overachieving perfectionists, they are constantly on the hamster wheel of trying to prove who they are by their achievements and they never get there. Right. But they keep on the hamster wheel, the underachieving kind are like, I know the cost it takes to get to where I think I want to be on that hamster wheel. I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to stay in the sidelines, but still their identity is stuck in the lack of outcomes. And the self-talk that comes with, and the lack of self-compassion is, can be remarkable and remarkably damaging when you are in that position, because not only are you not getting outside accolades for doing things like a high achieving perfectionist gets, you're getting like no accolades from the outside and then none from the inside, because you don't have a measure. You aren't able to measure success by any kind of external or typical societal standards. I think it's even like harder to be an underachieving perfectionist. And I've been both, but it is so much because of that. Like you don't get any validation. from all sides, (laughs) internal, external, but the roots are all the same fear, shame. Like it's, they're the exact same. Yeah. Okay. So we have to talk about the process. Tell us about the process that you apply to anything women want to work on. So this goes back to what we talked about earlier, small wins build over time. Now I can say that to women and they're like, logically they might hear it, but there's two factors of this process that are vital to it actually working. And the first is belief. You have to actually believe that's the process to transformation of any kind, that that is the process. There are no shortcuts, you know, without a cost (laughs) that we talked about, Mm -hmm. there are no shortcuts to sustainable transformation. This is what it looks like. Believe in the process. The second factor is practice, practicing the process. So this is where we actually put it into action with small, messy steps. And, you know, of course that can be really helped and boosted with proper education and support and professionals and all of that. There are ways to help speed it up a bit, but it's the belief in, and the practice of it, those two things together is what makes the process happen. And you said any area of their lives, and it really truly is any area. 
that you want that deep change in, you have to believe in practice the process of small wins building over time. Mm -hmm. I was talking recently on the show about, I did an episode on traction and the tiny action. It was like, it had some catchy rhyming title, like how to use tiny action to build traction or something like that. Ooh, I love that. Because I I'm terrible at titles. So like, please, I love to be a wordsmith. I'm like, how can I make it have alliteration or a rhyme or whatever? But one of the things I talked about was tracking traction. And so Mm -hmm. like, we don't see traction or acknowledge it or, and same with growth. I mean, you could use growth or traction interchangeably unless we're actually like keeping a list and what that might mean, like literally like writing things down in a notebook. It might be like moving post-it notes down a wall from like a pile of like dream list to done list. It might be a Google doc. Like it could look like a lot of things, but you have to track in some way because especially if you struggle with self-compassion, if you struggle with self-compassion or perfectionism, your default is probably, and I would love your input on this. It's probably to track the things that aren't working, the areas where you're not seeing growth and all the things that are going wrong. So if you want to really see growth, then I 100% agree that you have to be, you have to acknowledge these small ones over time and be tracking them in some way so that you actually see that they're happening so that you're actually like affirming and validating them. And that's huge actually. And that's something that I, you know, I talk about professionals There are ways to like help with this, making it go a little bit faster. Right. For, and that's what I do as a coach, right. I try to acknowledge, do you remember like even a month ago where Mm -hmm. this was how you probably would have navigated the situation. It's like, this is a whole piece to the equation that I love to talk about too. To me, it's an important step in the process, but also even habit formation is affirming and mm-hmm. affirming to me is you affirm a behavior, you affirm a change or a shift or a difference that you've been working towards. And in the affirming of it, you are confirming it in you to go deeper. It's not just a behavior shifts that we affirm. we're affirming an identity shift. And we talked about that. Like that's so vital to change too, is believing you are this person who acts this way. I love that you brought that up. Cause that really, that's so true. You do need to track it in some way, even if yeah. it's just a reflection, you know? Right. And it can feel cheesy. And so it can feel self-indulgent on one hand. It can also feel if you're high achieving that you're like, well, I don't need to like write down. So for me, for example, today, if I'm like, my three wins for today are that I did three podcast interviews. And it's like, well, I mean, I do a lot of podcast interviews. Is that really a win? Yeah, it is. Yes. <laughs> it's like, Give it and, to it's yourself. Three interviews with, and, and it's three interviews with, it's so funny. Cause today I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Like I'm always looking forward to my interviews, but I was particularly excited about today. Two people are returning guests. And then this other woman who I had this connection via mutual friend. And so it's a win to like, yeah do those things. And I think that sometimes we're quick to like negate those, negate things, think that they're small, play them down. I think that women are so good at dismissing and diminishing, especially like the dismissing is one thing, but the diminishing is like, well, it's not that big of a deal or lots of other people have done it, or it's just another Thursday. And the reality is like, no, this is three more interviews as I'm approaching, you know, 700 episodes. Incredible. And like, these are big things. And just because they're somewhat normal to me, doesn't mean it's not part of a greater growth trajectory that shouldn't be acknowledged. And I use that example because I think that regardless of what you're doing and building and creating and how you're showing up in your house or in your workplace, whatever communities that you're in, that we have, there's parallels for all of us that look like that, where you're like, Mm -hmm. this is just my Thursday. And if you really look at it, it's like, well, it might be just your Thursday, but it's also part of something bigger. 
For sure. It always goes deeper. And that reminds me of something I learned in James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. Love that. Uh, Yeah. It's a great book. Uh, There's some research there that he shares about the plateau of latent potential, just like Mm. how most of our growth is underneath this plateau line. Like it's actually all happening under the surface. He talks about this bamboo, like actual fact about bamboos growing for months, like years, actually, I think five years under the surface. And in six weeks, they grow like 50 feet because all the growth is happening underneath. That's the time factor. Okay. And it's Mm -hmm. also hard to track, but tracking those small wins that are going on underneath is what helps you stay the course so that you can have that breakthrough that he talks about too, like where you will break through the plateau and you will suddenly experiencing, you will experience like more recognizable change and growth that you've been mm-hmm. waiting for, but we just don't oh. know how long that lasts. <laughs> is this the hard and sad part? <laughs> I know, right? Like how long? Like how long plateau? do I have to grow my roots? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Tell me how long. <laughs> Can I be done watering them, please? <laughs> yes. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. So I want to, you mentioned atomic habits. I want to dig into habits. So let's go there. How do you view habits differently and maybe less conventionally, especially with what we've already been talking about? I'm obsessed with this. I think habits are so significant in so many ways. And I think that we overlook habits. We don't recognize that we already have them and we don't recognize like what ones are serving us and then what ones aren't. So I'm curious your take on that. I have a huge take. <laughs> so I'm like, let's again, let, nutshell version, Monica, let's not fire hose people. So let me just start by saying getting into habits was not ever the plan. In fact, I like discounted myself from that. Mm. You know, I just thought that's not for me. I know the cost I paid for good habits in the past. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But well, then, yeah. Yes. As I was learning about the process and what progress really looks like, and I was working deeply in my identity 
it became undeniable that that identity had to be supported with behaviors. And it was almost like, literally, like it had, like, I literally needed the yeah. time. Like, so because of that, I needed some better habits to help me have the time. And I started to get into habit formation for years. I was reading the books like atomic habits and, and I've read all of them and I have done so much research and study in this. And I will say like, there's a lot of amazing things in them. These are, I call them good men with great methods, but they really <laughs> miss the mark with women. And there's a big, huge reason why. And I have a less than hour class on that, that I want to direct women to, because if you want the full, and I think you're going to want it, especially your community. I think you're really, really going to like this. Mm -hmm. It's called the number one reason why women must do habits differently. It's a free class and they can find that about progress.com slash habit class. Okay. That's where I'll share the research behind why this is. But I just want to speak to the women who have read Atomic Habits or other books. And again, not throwing them on their bus, good men, great methods. How many of them have feel like they were actually able to carry out what they learned in ways that were sustainable? Very, very, very few. Mm -hmm. Even with the most up-to-date methods out there, it's still, I'm like, trying not to like go down this whole other path that I will talk forever on. It's still all based in a level of how they prescribe consistency that do not work for women because our lives are different. For moms. Mm-hmm. especially moms. But yeah. this honestly, I mean, the research I share in that free class, it applies to all women, whether they have children or don't work outside mm-hmm. of the home or not, are feminists or not <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. worldwide. But the biggest thing to me, if I could distill this down to one place for them to like put this in action is the consistency piece. Even with these most, you know, up-to-date methods and air quotes, they still have it built on an idea of you decide the habit, you install it and you have it after a certain number of days, like 21, 28, 100 days of perfect consistency. We do not have that luxury. Our lives are not as predictable as the men's lives who wrote these books and the research they did, like who they did the research on. So that's kind of like a teaser. Oh my so it gosh. Has to be different consistency is the starting point there. How to read and having this like huge aha around habits and privilege and yes. that habits, Big like factor. habits are a product of male privilege. And that I'm doesn't like, mean that women, so big for your audience. <laughs> no one can see us on camera. Off. We're both. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Lots of nodding on zoom right now. And this is interesting. We have a great mutual friend, Rachel Nielsen, and I'm going to be doing an interview with her for her show, um, three and 30 takeaways Yay. for moms in a couple we of weeks. We're always on the same brainwave. She and I, I we know like, I love the same it. people all the time, but don't even know. <laughs> I love it so much, but Rachel wants to talk to me about morning routine and which I'm, I love talking about this, but I also it's evolved so much in the last few years. So like four years ago, I was like, here's this formula and yeah. system and template. And which I still think is highly valuable. And I would also say to your point, exactly like we want a template so bad. And so I created a template and it can work great. And also on any given day, your kid can be barfing on you while the dog is pooping on the carpet and like your husband's blasting the radio in the background. And you're like, I don't think I'm going to sit down and meditate right now. (laughs) And then the habit books are like, but every single day for 100 days straight, and that's how you instill it. And that's how you get the benefit and blah, blah, blah. Even if it's only for three minutes. And the reality is, is that's not the world that most of us are navigating. It's and not. then we feel like a failure and we're always trying to restart. 
and get it right or get it better than the time before. So we have the identity, right. Of being like, I can't, I don't, I try and I fail. So why try again? And it works for everyone else. Cause all the books say that it works for everyone else. The books say Mm -hmm. that. So yeah, that it's absolutely a function of male privilege to be able to do that and have for so many reasons. And I, I appreciate that you bring up that it's not just moms, that it's women and moms. It's more difficult for the habit formation and the consistency and all that. That's so interesting and such a great aha. I'm so glad you were almost apologetic for like, I'm going to talk about this and it might be a lot. And I was like, no, well, I mean, that was like the very tip top that was of the, the, tip iceberg. Of the iceberg. <laughs> and I actually want to complete that thought though, just for women oh, who were like, okay, tell me about consistency then, because the truth is, is that habits are still like, they do still live and die by consistency, yep. but it's not the so, way yeah. we've been taught. Okay. So I'll give my definition of consistency just for the listeners to have just that, you know, how we talked about belief and knowing the process is what can change so much. If Mm -hmm. I can just change this one belief for them about what consistency is, I think it will help in their own habit formation. Even if they don't want to like learn from me or take my course or my class or anything, consistency is doing your best most of the time over time. Your best is allowed to change. It's allowed to change seasonally whether that's season of life or literally seasons, or it's allowed to change even day to day. And we know this with hormones, <laughs> like, you know, we're learning a lot about menstruation yeah. cycles and, and tracking your level of being able to show up to different things with different phases of it, you know, all that. So your best is allowed to change. And most of the time does not mean perfect 21, 28, 100 days of yep. the exact same version of the same habit. And over time was a big piece to it. So for women who want to have consistency with their habit formation, start with that reframing and also, you know, learn about how to create habits that are flexible because consistency and flexibility are not competing ideas. They were, are 100% compatible. You have to have flexibility as women in order to be consistent mm-hmm. and those aren't competing. I love that so much. And it circles us right back to permission. Like yep. permission to be flexible, permission to do it a different way, permission to let it change, to have it be adaptable and nimble and fluid. I mean, there's so much in there. I think that's so significant. Oh my goodness. Oh, Monica, I want to talk about this for like seven more hours. I mean, I really could. <laughs> I know. Same, same. And mostly because I just love talking to you and we're so, yeah, we, we have so many oh, similar my interests. Goodness. So. Yes. Okay. So anything else about compassion, time, habit formation before we wrap? I want to make sure I'm not leaving anything on the table because we've hit on so many great things here. So let's distill it down again. If we're to start with that consistency idea and women are like, that's great. I do want the habit now though. (laughs) Like I don't want to wait, you know, over time, this is where it goes back to the flexible habits. Mm -hmm. If you design your habits to be flexible. You actually don't have to wait for the 21, 28, 100 days to have it. It can happen right. in a few days, especially if the yeah. habit itself is designed to be more flexible. Okay. Which I, I teach them how to do my sticky habit method, but they can totally just experiment with this themselves and figure out what that looks like. Okay. But the time factor still can't be ignored in the big picture, like of where you get to. It mm-hmm. is having that consistent, I call it a baseline version of your habit. Like the one that you can do on your worst of day, having a worst of day mm-hmm. version of your habit as well oh, to yes. have the consistency to get to that best of day version. But what's mm-hmm. so cool about this is over the time factor, 
if, you know, and they're not only will they have the habit sooner than they think that baseline habit that can happen in just a few days, but over time, what happens to that baseline is it rises too. So your baseline gets higher. That's happened Mm. with journaling, like my first baseline. And I, this was all as I was trying to experiment and try to figure out what habit formation could look like for me as a normal robe, like woman who was not a robot. And my first baseline for journaling was just writing an incomplete line in my journal. Now my baseline is typically a small paragraph on my worst of day. I can write a small paragraph in my journal mm-hmm. that happened over time. It's been three years. Yeah. I've been working on getting back into journaling, but that's part of the process we talked about. Like the miracles will happen. Like you will have right. exponential growth if you believe in that and practice the process and that has to do with habit formation too. Right. Can I give another example? Cause I think that love I that. love that worst of day habit, I think is so brilliant. So there's two pieces to this this morning. So most people know I work out every morning and my workouts are typically short, like 20 minutes. It's not nothing fancy, but they mean a lot to me. And it's how yes. I manage anxiety. It's how I have time to myself, all these things. So this morning, some stuff was happening. Then you needed some help with some things. And all of a sudden I was like, Oh shoot. Like I need to be in the shower in seven minutes. Yeah. And I was like, well, I could just skip the workout. And then I was like, no, I'm going to do like seven minutes and it's going to be like some push-ups and lunges, seven minutes, whatever. Like it doesn't matter. Worst of day thing. I still get my anxiety relief. I still like, I check the box, whatever. The other piece of that, that I think is really significant is that a thing that I do with that, that makes it really desirable is I listen to my fun podcasts while I work out. So I was like seven minutes of Yes. So I'm pairing it with something. So I'm like, it's still seven minutes of listening to the podcast I want to listen to. So, which by the way, was Glennon Doyle's, we can do hard things interviewing the Indigo girls, which was amazing. I was like, cry, (laughs) cry laughing, like doing my pushups. And so the pieces I want to point out is like having that worst of day for me, which is like a seven minute workout, which so many people would be like, why bother? And then pairing it with something where I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I'm going to get in my seven minutes with the Indigo girls and Glennon. And Abby, so I literally did the same it, thing to this morning too. I <laughs> like, love it. Yeah. Just to make it in time. Yep. So and you know what it does? Let's go back to identity. You still yes. have the identity of someone who does these things. Okay. Yes. And has the confidence yep. with they're sustaining their habits. Really? Yep. Absolutely. Okay. So Monica, tell us how you're currently showing up as a shameless mom. Ooh, one word I think would be trade-offs. Like I'm in, just mm-hmm. embracing them you know, because I, certain things matter to me, other things are going to have to go and how those trade-offs are allowed to change. Another shameless thing I would say is I love to insert what I love with my children. Like they listen to Harry Mm -hmm. Styles and Brandy Carlisle a lot alongside me, my four-year-old, she, I just, Oh, could go on about her. My four-year-old joins me most Friday mornings to go to some like thrift and antique stores while I'm looking. I love interior design. So he's going to help me look for like treasures, but really we're just looking for paintings for this big wall I have. And it, yeah, it just, it brings so much joy. I think to mothering for me. I love that so much. Okay. Tell people where they can find you, connect with you, get resources. You mentioned the habit class. So please share that again and anything else. First go listen to my podcast because that's where my most of my time and energy and love goes publicly. Okay. So that's and it's about brilliant. progress. Thank you. Same to you, my friend. And I'm on Instagram too, the same name, but I would totally ask you to please take my free class on habit formation so that you can dispel that I am a failure with habit formation belief that you have. And again, the mm-hmm. class is called the number one reason why women must do habits differently 
they can find out about progress.com slash habit class. And it's totally free. I really want them to stop blaming themselves and know the truth that they've been set up to fail about progress.com slash habit class. You got it. Yep. Okay. Okay. Oh my goodness. So good. So we will link everything in the show notes. If people go to shamelessmom.com, click on the episode with Monica Packer, and then we'll have everything in there with the class linked where to find you on social media. I'll put the past podcast episode. We'll put your podcast in there. All the good That's stuff. So sweet. Monica. Thank oh, thank you so much for being here and we'll do it again. <laughs> Let's yes. not wait so long next time. Yes. We, and we, we, love that. It ta- I mean, and we know now it takes us like 18 emails and about three months, to, <laughs> maybe six months to get something. Yeah. So we'll give ourselves we're real more women. time. Yes. We're oh real gosh. women, but we're doing it. I'm so happy. I got to spend yes. this time with you today and your community. Oh too. My so thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Monica. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.